I'm not begging for another picture of me and Buddy jerking each other off. Radio is on the air, you filthy animals. My name is Darian. I'm back for another week of horror bullshit. My main man, Jason Harrell, is in the house. Hey, y'all. What's up, Big Daddy? Oh, not a lot with me. What's up with you? Oh, same old shit, man. We had football practice last night. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be a two-hour practice. We got about 14 minutes in. Okay. Torrential downpour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good lightning last It night. was bad, man. Yeah. It was real bad. I think it turned to hail a little bit there towards the end. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what the hell, Bobby? Uh, bad enough, sure, but me and like four other dads have like a... Uh, shelter thing that we set up Usually yeah. to keep the sun off our backs uh, This time it was to keep the rain And now there's me and like Three other guys Everybody else has already left And we're like, you know, this is going to clear up This is going to clear up any minute now Alright, let's go ahead and pack it up yeah, <laughs> It, it, it held up. on for a while It did, man yeah. Usual rain allowance in Reno is like, what? Ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, tops. tops Yeah <laughs> Uh, this and, one and that went. floods everything out. Of course, that'll 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 not exactly built with the infrastructure for no, rain and no. moisture. Ten minute, uh, good uh, three and a half inch puddle. You're homeless. Yeah, that's how it goes. You're now homeless. <laughs> that sucked, man. My uh, my shoes and my shorts that I was wearing yesterday are still in the garage drying because they got fucking wrenched. So the kids couldn't keep playing. Uh, I mean, they got helmets on. Yeah, no, they had to. They had for well, first they, there's like a shelter over the the parking area. Yeah. So they made them all go stand in there for like 15 minutes. Again, sure. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna clear up any minute now. We don't have to worry about this. And then the rain start. The wind starts blowing. And the rain in sideways. So now we're like, ah, it toughens them up. I, that's what I said. But apparently, <laughs> as you stood under your shelter, I know. <laughs> Fuck uh, these kids. You know what? I'm going to Starbucks. This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to go warm up. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, that sucked, man. Uh, but it looks clear right now, and the kids are at football practice as we speak. Yeah. I think hopefully they can get through one full practice. Keeping them active. And tomorrow, my friend, mm-hmm. they have a scrimmage at Earl R. Wooster High School. Ooh. My alma mater. I'm going to try and sneak around and get some, some pics of my old locker yeah. and some other stuff <laughs> while, the, while, the, while the scrimmage is happening. <laughs> yeah, see if you can find that place under the stairwell where all your tears were at. Oh, that, I know exactly where that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably still there. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> 
What's up with you, man? What do we miss out on? Oh, it's a tired day today. I got Uh-oh. a four and a half hour sleep. I had to drive into work for the very last time ever. To nice. Turn in my keys and my ID. Atta boy. And, uh,. You know, that's it's over and done with, man. You're 20, done. Twenty-two years at the same fucking place. You uh, are done. I've officially turned in the prison keys and uh, walked away a free man. That a boy. Yeah, I love it. I love that about you. So that's about it for me. I was just crawling my way to that one last milestone, and uh, it's a wrap. You're gonna die very soon. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be either just before my first retirement check. Or just after I get it so that Sarah can collect moving forward and I'll never get to enjoy it. No, no, you're not going to enjoy it. No. In fact, she's. I've, I've been talking to her. Oh, she has a list okay. of things yes. for you to do nice. since you're now a kept man. <laughs> <laughs> that I am. That you are, my I friend. I am officially the house bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we got a regular horror show to get into here, Jason. I'm not just talking about your retirement. It's uh, horror news, it's listener mail, it's all the usual fun stuff. I say we kick things off with a little horror news. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Horror news. Yeah, buddy, what do you got? Well, not much uh, information, but it is kind of tantalizing. Dark Castle Entertainment's developing a 2001 horror film, 13, or developing the 2001 horror film, 13 Ghosts, into a 13-part series delving into the movie special, or central characters. So, I'm down with that, but here's what a lot of people don't know. If you own the 13 Ghosts DVD, mm-hmm. there's a bonus feature section which runs you through all 13 ghosts and tells you their backstory and what happened to them and yeah. how they became one of the ghosts. Well, I'm sure that doesn't last like an hour and ep- you know per character. You can make it last. <laughs> Just <hour>. really stretch <laughs> that out. Uh, and the last little bit here, are you ready to be excited? I'm r- always ready. I can tell. I'm always ready. Do you love some Jaws? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm okay with it. Do you love a horror documentary? I love a horror documentary. Well, between those two things, you are going to be very excited to find out that there is now a Broadway musical based on the troubled making of Jaws, starring Ian Shaw, Robert Shaw's son. Oh God! <laughs> so it's not only a documentary about the production of the movie and how it was troubled, but a musical, it's in a musical form about a musical adaptation of the documentary. Yeah, and now produced for the stage instead of the screen. Yeah, it was never made as a documentary. Oh, it wasn't? No. Oh, this is purely a, a oh, musical boy. masterpiece coming um, to uh, Broadway near you. Well, I'm not going to Broadway <laughs> near me. So you look like a cat's kind of guy. I'm not a cat's kind of a guy, dude. I uh, I. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> he looks a lot like his dad. That's the, kind of the one thing going for it. Yeah. yeah. Does he not know how to wear a baseball hat correctly? <laughs> it's not quite as cockeyed. <laughs> I mean, that is the one distracting factor about Jaws is Robert Shaw's hat and the way it just is all over his head yeah, at all that times. It is. I can't handle uh, the it. guy playing Roy Scheider looks okay. Um, and then uh, the. Um, um, Richard Dreyfus, yes. Um, Hooper. What is that? Hooper. 
Uh, eh, could use some work. Okay. Maybe need a little recasting. Okay. <laughs> Fair yeah, But I do not want to see that fleshed out in musical form. I don't think I need that at all. It's uh, you don't look as excited as I just. I you well, you know, I'm 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 a man, Jason. I like to keep my emotions. I think you're still taking it all. In. I it's, am. It's, it's a, a it's a lot to handle. Speaking of a lot to handle, American Horror Story, Delicate is the new uh, season coming at us. Uh, it's going to premiere September twentieth. That'll put you what six seasons behind? Uh, three. No, <laughs> but I'm going to watch double feature very soon. Okay. At some point. So that's going to happen. Uh, dream scenario. An A24 dark comedy. Hmm. Now, I'm curious about A24 and comedies because that doesn't seem to be their strong suit. Well, they had uh, Anywhere, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, which I've that, s- and that still was, yet to see. That was, was there comedic elements? Oh, they, yeah, very much so. Okay, yeah. very cool. Um, yeah, they pull it off fine, at least in that. This one starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, 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 that's a dark It'll comedy. Face. It's got oh. like a vibe to it. <laughs> uh, what else we have? Have you seen uh, Talk to Me yet? Yeah. What'd yeah. you think? That's good. You liked it? Yep. Uh, speaking of A24, yeah. they are releasing a Talk to Me hand replica oh, thing that you can buy. And That's, I don't know. <laughs> that would seem like. I mean, you could fuck it. Uh, that's uh, what I'm saying. How long until one of these things jerks somebody <laughs> <gets> off? <laughs> Somebody's hooking up some kind of robotic Some kind of to rotor it. to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Puts it on their Sibian. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's talk, exciting. Uh, talk to me fisting machine. <laughs> oh. uh, the Criterion Channel is having a 13-film high school horror-thon coming this September. <sighs> Including titles such as The Faculty mm-hmm. and uh, other stuff from about that era. Okay. The other stuff. <laughs> yeah. The Faculty is definitely on there, though. Yeah, it has to be. I'm, uh, I, I, I don't subscribe to the Criterion Channel. No. I might, I'm, I've never perused it, though. I'm, there might be something on there I'm worth sure looking at. I'm sure it's a pretty good library. Um, if it's more than three bucks a month, I think I'm out. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, the price they charge for just a Criterion release. Yeah. Alone. That's where they're making their money, though. You know Those what I mean? Those fuckers are pricey, man. It's true. I've, I've, I've got a couple on the shelf behind you. Lastly, it looks like trailers are up for the Elevator Game coming this Halloween to Shudder. Are you familiar with the Elevator Game at all? Uh-uh. So it's a urban myth slash creepypasta situation. What you do, you find yourself a uh, parking garage, and you go there late at night. And there's a certain sequential thing to where you you get in you go to the third floor then it opens and closes and then you go to the sixth floor and then you go you basically follow these instructions at some point the door is going to open and a lady is going to get in the cart with you and then it's going to go up and down again you're going to go through the different motions and then at some point you're going to end up on the 13th floor and the door is going to open and it's just going to be pitch black out there okay and then you walk out of the elevator into another dimension i guess is how it goes. Okay. Very exciting. Now, if you want to do a deep dive, have you ever seen the Elisa Elisa Lamb video? Yes. You, there, you forced us to watch it. I we, didn't force we, you to do anything. I did not force you to do anything. You chose to watch it with Your me. Your memory is about as long as my cock. <laughs> <laughs> not very long. I did not force you, sir. 
Um, the the an urban legend is that if you watch the Alyssa Lamb video, she is playing the elevator game because you okay. see her do a bunch of weird monkey business yeah. when she gets in and out of the elevator and pushes up buttons and then she gets in and out and does like a weird little dance. Mm-hmm. So it kind of adds to the urban legend mythos okay. of the whole thing. Um, I'm excited. I'll check it out. It's yeah. coming to Shutter uh, this Halloween. Nice. I'm into it. Yeah, I'll check that out. That's all we got on the uh, horror news there, hot stuff. All righty. Let's do a little listener mail, shall we? Listener mail. Yeah, buddy. Uh, No emails this week. Uh, so there you have it. That just speaks to the waning popularity of this show. <laughs> Our four that's... remaining listeners are now down to one and a half. <laughs> we do have a voicemail, though. It's pretty bad when my wife takes up one quarter of the <laughs> listenership. <laughs> that is pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Let's get down to the, uh, the dirty South. Here comes our main man in Alabama. Alan's in the house. It's twice as bad that you can't get your wife to listen to it. No, she won't. She refuses. <laughs> I tell her not to because she, she knows I'm going to talk about her. Yeah. <laughs> what did you call me this week, you son of a bitch? Howdy, room. What's what, up? What's up, uh, Alan? I hope everybody's doing good. So, a little bit confused about the Dome. I know y'all kept saying Valet from the Nun on the show, but on the website it's got Valet from Vampire. Yeah. Honestly, either way, it don't really matter. I'm going to go with the collector because he's fun. He's going the army. Um, Mr. Darian, uh, crap, i got to go back and listen. I'll call you all back later. Okay. Talk to you all later. Bye. Well, he did not call back. All right. So there's nice that. Nice follow through. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling once, Alan. That yeah, was very go, nice of you. You know what? Fuck these guys. You know what? I don't give a <laughs> shit, actually, what he was or what he thinks he was. Um, yeah, yeah, when... Huh. I, I did, and the, the shit of it is is that the Terror Dome was based upon the list that we collectively kind of put together. You gave me the final version. I typed it up. Correct. I've never even seen that Valak in that Vampires movie. Okay. Uh, so there's no way I just invented that name and character. Did you just do a Google search no, on Valak? No, I, I took it from the list that you gave me. Okay. So uh, that's, but then I was surprised when I thought we were talking about Valak from The Nun. Right. But I knew that couldn't be. And Why then couldn't the, that be? And then the story. Was was the story that you told based upon the vampire one? No, the nun. The nun. Yeah. Okay, because I wasn't really paying attention. If I was going with that particular vampire, I would have put it like in uh, New Mexico. Okay. Or reg- old Mexico, because mm. that's where vampires took place. Well, since I knew what I was, what I was going to vote for to begin with, I didn't really exactly listen to the story. Ah, so. shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I gave a whole lot away about the nun. Uh, there's not a lot of details there to build off of to begin with. But regardless, that's fine. Uh, I don't really care. So how about that, Jason? All right. And that is all we have on the listener mail, my friend. Do you have anything for Alan? Uh, yeah, a whole lot of love and respect. I love that guy. But going back to Valak here. Okay, let's do another. Hasn't Valak, as a character, been in two movies? Um, which Valak are you talking about? The nun? The nun. Okay. 
the she has her own movie, yes. And there was a likeness of her portrayed in Annabelle Creation. The name Valak was no, she was in The Conjuring 2. And that too. Yes. Yeah. So that it can't be the nun. It can be. No, these are singles. Well, yes. These are single movie entities. You're right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell I'm it's doing. It's your fucking pterodome. Ah, is, there, is it though? I don't think it is. <laughs> All right, you fucker. Oh, we got a movie to get we into. We got more buffoonery coming you your way. You fucking asshole. <laughs> Solving the following riddle will reveal the awful secret behind the universe. Assuming you do not go utterly mad in the attempt. If you already happen to know the awful secret behind the universe, feel free to fast forward ahead. David Wong? David Wong? You doze off there? Black stuff, this soy sauce. That's a drug, right? Just tell me what this stuff is, John. Effects don't last that long. The side effects don't last that long. The effects will last the rest of my life, I think. Why don't you tell me, tell me about your friend John? I mean, that stuff, Dave. I'm remembering things that haven't happened yet. You got to be really brave to ask yourself the scary questions. Your friend is the only known survivor of the rest of dead. He's not looking too healthy right about now. It'd be opening doors to other worlds, man. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen, Arnie. So leave the police station right now during all the commotion. There's another guy in here with me. It's another cop. No, there's not. Check the mirror. How does somebody get into this? There's dead guys and drugs. It's got a long story, but now we can see things. Things are in motion, Mr. Wong. Nothing you're seeing is real. I suppose you are wondering where you are. You're having like a like a bad trip or whatever they call it. But there is no magic. Jason. Oh, boy. We got a whole lot of movie to unpack here, big guy. <laughs> it's John Dies at the End from 2012. Got 6.3 stars. Written and directed by Don Coscarelli. Stars Chase Williamson, Rob Mays, and Paul Giamatti. Um, and Angus Scrim. Angus Scrim in there for a few minutes, uh-huh. sure. Um, yeah, man. <sighs> I don't even yeah, know I'm where to enjoy hearing you try to explain <laughs> Fuck. this fucking thing. If you thought I was jumping through hoops last week, <laughs> why do you hear this one? Fuck me. All right, so our movie starts with a guy chopping a neo-Nazi's head off in the snow with a hatchet, and then um, I believe the neo-Nazi gets back up and reattaches his head and comes back to fight. The, the guy that chopped his head off later, or like in a few minutes. Yeah, and that's your movie. And All right, that's, thanks everybody. But he had to go to the store to get a new hatchet because the old one broke. So then the neo-Nazi kicks the door in and he's like, 
that's the axe that chopped my head off. But is it the axe? So, I don't know, man. And that's just the beginning of the fucking screws that we're going to loosen and uh, dive into here. So, the real movie, I don't know what that has to do with anything. And it's never explained and it doesn't really make a difference. So, just pretend that that never happened, I guess. Now, we're going to jump to a Chinese restaurant late at night where we see our... uh, protagonist a guy by the name of david wong who is played by uh chase williamson the whitest the whitest non-wong guy that you would ever think to imagine when you when you think of a guy named wong not this dude this guy looks like he just jumped out of dawson's creek it's the most popular surname in the world that's what it is and apparently he's trying to hide from somebody that's why he goes by david wong so good for him um all right, Jason, I need you to focus here, big guy. So that's – okay, so the the rest of the movie is happening under the premise that uh, David Wong is being uh, interviewed by Paul Giamatti's character, who's a reporter named Arnie. And um, basically he's going to be like, okay, what's your story? Why do you have to – what do you have to tell me that's so important? From there, Wong is like, well, there's this new drug. Let me, well, before we get into that, let me tell you how I met my friend John. So now we're going to go back to when him and John sort kind of first met or whatever. But before that, he's going to be like, oh, I heard about you and John. You guys are like these paranormal investigators. And he's like, yeah, let me tell you this story. So before we get into the, the prequel story, we have to get into this little side story about a hot chick uh, going to John's apartment and being like, there's an entity in my uh, basement. You need to come sort it out. So John calls Dave. Dave goes over there. They go to the chick's basement. And uh, they basically get attacked by a meat. All the meat in her freezer comes together and makes a monster. Feels like a slightly kookier version of an episode of Supernatural. I was going to say uh, Bill and Ted's not-so-excellent adventure on mushrooms. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, more, very, very similar to that. So they get down there, and there's a meat monster, and uh, the meat monster's like, I've got you now, Marconi. And they're like, hey, we're not Marconi. Marconi's that guy on the infomercials. And we got a quick glimpse of Marco, this Marconi character. He's played by Clancy Brown, who we all know and love. And he's basically like a... Televangelist, self-help, supernatural guru type of guru, a dude. Uh, exorcist kind of guy. Uh, for a fo- small monthly subscription, mm-hmm. you can be healed in the power of the whatever. Lottery tickets for three ninety nine a minute. Absolutely. Uh, that kind of a, he seemed like a shyster, but they're like, oh no, but we know Marconi. We can get him on the phone for you. So they dial up Marconi because apparently uh, John and Marconi go way back. Like, uh, we got a meat monster here or there, Marconi. And I should also mention that the hot chick exploded into a bunch of snakes. And when they went to flee the basement, the doorknob turned into a giant cock. Giant cock. Which they both refused to touch (laughs) because, you know, that would make them homos. (laughs) Jason. (laughs) So they... They, Better uh, to stay trapped in a room. You know, I'm too heterosexual to not die right now. <laughs> uh, so they get down there and they're like, okay, well, we, I, I know Marconi. I can get him on the phone. I don't know if he'll come here, but you, you, okay. So they, they're again talking to the meat monster. They get Marconi on the phone. Marconi gets on the phone with the meat monster and the meat monster just evaporates. The meat monster was hanging from that doorknob. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's all it was. Yuck. Uh, so he's like, oh yeah, so that's, now we cut back to the Chinese rest- restaurant with 
Paul Giamatti. He's like, that sounds like bullshit, but all right, um, I'm with you because you got my attention, if nothing else. So now we're going to go back to where Dave and John first met. There was some kind of a uh, high school party, college party, I guess, uh, out in the woods, and John had a band and called, uh, was it Three Arm Sally or something like that? I can't remember, but it was some awesome music. Oh, totally. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, Scotty Doesn't Know from uh, Euro Trip. You don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's... It was, uh, we're singing something Holocaust? Uh, I wasn't uh, paying attention what? to the song. Oh, my gosh. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, Dave shows up at the party, and uh, he immediately kind of like falls for this uh, young lady named Amy, who happens to be an amputee. With and, a terrible prosthetic. Yeah, that was like a like a Kung Fu grip, yeah. G.I. Joe-style prosthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, her hand comes off, and a bunch of guys are giving her a bunch of shit. Hey, can I... Hey, how about a hand for Amy? Ho, 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 ho. And then one of them takes her hand off and throws it. What a dick. Uh, her dog is also missing, Barkley. So... Or Dave goes and he's like, hey, I found your hand. She's like, thanks, but I'm trying to find my dog. He just bit the Jamaican guy over there. So Dave's like, oh, uh, I'll keep an eye out for him. Goes and talks to the Jamaican guy. And this is where things get a little bit weird. So the Jamaican guy who's got his hand all bandaged from getting bit by the dog is like, Amon, I bet I can tell you what your last dream was at. And then you owe me a beer. I cannot do Jamaican. (laughs) I eat a mango like a fat American eat a cheeseburger at. (laughs) You're making a pretty good one. I'm trying. I'm burning calories over here, you motherfuckers. Uh, Anyway, the Jamaican like impresses everybody because I guess he levitated for a few minutes. Very cool. And then he, uh, what did he do? He told told Dave about the last dream he had. And then he kind of baked his noodle over the fact that... um, the dream involved him getting blown up by his ex-girlfriend, but he woke up just before the explosion in the dream, which happened to coincide with a thunder crash from outside. So did your brain know that the thunder was going to hit at that moment, or did you just, I don't, fuck, I can't explain it. It get kind of made half-ass sense in the movie. You just got to bear with me on this one, inmates. Fucking buddy in a stupid time loop. Bullshit. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Dave's like, Whoa, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Blew my mind. Uh, I'm going to get up out of here. He goes back to his car and the dog is waiting by the car for him, Barkley. So he's like, okay, let's go find, uh, Amy, the amputee. Can't find Amy. So he's like, all right. And then he wakes up in his apartment like four hours later with Barkley there. I guess he just took Barkley home and the phone is ringing and he picks it up and it's John and John's like, dude, you got to come over here right now. I'm in big trouble. And he's like, what? Who? What? Hey. He's like, yeah, you gotta go over. Come over to my place right now. He's like, okay. So him and Barkley go over to John's house. And John is uh, in his boxer shorts. And he's uh, like doing shoulder rolls over the couch. He's like, oh, they're they're everywhere. You can't see them, but they're here. And they're, it's right behind you. It's right behind you. And he's like, what the hell? And John has a gun. So uh, Dave is like, well, let me just go ahead and take this gun off you. And then we can figure out what's going on. So, again, uh, a bunch of shoulder rolls over the couch, and then eventually Dave sees what John is talking about. It's something that I can only describe as a skull spider. It's like a sp- skull with, like, spider appendages in the corner. 
Fair enough. But you can't see it if you look at it. You can only see it out of the corner of your eye somehow. That makes sense. So big freak out. Uh, John does another shoulder roll and shoots outside to Dave's car. Dave hops in with him and they start driving. Very cool. They get, uh, I don't know, a couple blocks away. And then Dave is like, well, uh, I don't know who else to call. Let me call uh, the local church and see if they can figure your fucking ass out, you weirdo. So he calls the local church and gets to talk to Father Don, who is played by Angus Grimm. And he's like, well, it sounds like you guys need some psychiatric help. Here's a 24-hour hotline, and the hospital is right down the road. Maybe you should check that out. And as he's having this conversation, John pulls out a syringe full of black stuff, and he sticks Dave with it. But he gives him, like, just the tip, not the full dose. Just the tip. Just the, the black tip there, Dave. Which sends Dave into some kind of a mind spiral. And when he comes out of it, uh, there's a cop standing next to the car. He's like, well, son, I think you better come with me. And he's like, eh, okay. So they take John and Dave into the police station. And Dave is now being questioned by this detective. And what we're going to find out, basically, is that everybody that was at that party, except for John and Dave, have gone completely missing. Uh, with the exception of one guy, the Jamaican, who's burnt up husk of a body they found in a dilapidated trailer. So he's like, what the shit? Uh, they're questioning him, and Dave is being, you know, fairly cooperative. And then another cop runs in and whispers in the first detective's ear, and we find out that John just died while he was in custody. So Dave is like, oh, what the fuck? All kinds of been out of shape. But while he's having this conversation, his cell phone rings, and it's Dave. And Dave is like, hey, it's me, Dave. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, I know. Am I dead yet? And he's like, uh, they just told me you were dead, but or I John. guess not, right? John. John is dead, yeah. Yes. Did I say Dave? Yeah. This fucking movie, <laughs> man. All right, so John is supposedly dead, but he's talking to Dave on the phone. And Dave is like, well, he told me you were dead. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm dead for sure. But that, I'm calling from a different timeline, so you're good. Uh, just go ahead and walk out of there. Nobody's going to say anything. But there's another cop in there with him. So uh, <laughs> this is uh, where things get particularly silly because there's like a little altercation between Dave and the cop. And John keeps telling Dave on the phone that the cop's not real. Except the cop is now beating the shit out of Dave. And the cop's mustache peels off his face and goes flying around the room like a bat. And then it also attacks Dave. Yeah. So that, of course, leads to Dave ripping the cop's arm off and then just casually walking out of the room with his uh, disembodied arm, like having him in a chokehold, which, of course, of course, immediately disappears as soon as Dave leaves the interrogation room. Okay. Now. You're doing good, pal. I'm trying, man. I'm working here. Uh, Dave gets out of the uh, police station, and uh, he's walking down the phone, the street. His phone rings again. It's John. And John's like, hey, see that hot dog vendor right there? Buy a hot dog from him. So he's like, okay, give me a hot dog. Then the hot dog rings, which is good because Dave's phone got smashed to shit. So now he's talking to John on the hot dog. Walking down the street, John's like, hey, man, you got to go to that dilapidated trailer where they found uh, the Jamaican's body and check that shit out. He's like, I'm talking to a hot dog at this point. Yeah, why not? So he gets in his car and he drives to the uh, dilapidated trailer, which I guess was the Jamaican's house or that's where he was living. There's a bunch of like Jamaican flags all over the place. So I'll go with that. 
crime scene, all, you know, taped off and that stuff. Uh, Dave walks in and the TV clicks on. And the first thing he sees is like a CCTV camera of the cop shooting him right there in the trailer. So he's like, well, I don't want that. So I'm going to go ahead and check this place out real quick. Get the fuck out of here. So he starts snooping around. Sure as shit, the cop shows up. Uh, runs into Dave there in the living room. Dave is like, oh, you're probably wondering why I left your interrogation. And he's like, that's about the time he notices that the cop has a big tank of gasoline. And the cop is like, you're probably wondering why I'm here with a big tank of gasoline. So he just starts throwing the gasoline all over the place. Um, make a long story short, the cop basically got the 411 on the black crud in the syringe. It's called soy sauce, or at least that's what they're referring to it as. It's some kind of a street drug that gives you psychic powers, basically, for, I guess, a limited time, or like it's part of the side effects, something like that. Is that what you got? Yeah, pretty limited. Yeah, it tapers off like any other drug. Yeah. So about this time, we're going to cut back to Dave and Paul Giamatti in the uh, uh, Chinese food booth, and he's like, well... I think now I think you're full of shit because you're telling me you got psychic powers and I don't buy any of that. And then Dave is like, well, there's 85 cents in your front pocket, three quarters, uh, a dime and a penny or something like that. And the number, the years on all the quarters are as such. And if you flip the one of the quarters this many times, it's going to go heads, tails, heads, tails, heads, heads, tails, tails, heads, tails. So Paul Giamatti's like, well, you could have planted those coins in my pocket and done some sleight of hand mind fuck situation on me whatever it's like all right well i'll keep telling my story then so now we're going to cut back to the uh uh dilapidated trailer where the cop is spraying all the uh or putting all the gasoline around he's like listen i know about soy sauce i know what it is uh i have to stop it from spreading so i need to burn this place down and sorry dave i gotta kill you too so he shoots Dave, but Dave goes down. But other than that, he doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that he's been shot for the rest of the movie. Was there a reason for that that you... Yeah, know? they did a backflash um, to where when the manufacturing of that mm. of the bullets were being made, a fly actually got underneath the lid of the bullet, thereby reducing it, the amount of green that went into it, thereby making it a less lethal round. You're right. You're exactly right. So he got shot with a, a, a very fly. weak fucking fly. <laughs> a, fly a fly bullet. Uh, that's pretty gnarly. Uh, he goes down and then the cop leaves thinking he just killed Dave. And he puts the uh, trailer on fire. But in doing so, uh, Dave like gets another hot dog phone call from John. And John's like, hey, go over here and look look in the... Uh, it was like a, uh, um ice cream container in the freezer. And that's where the Jamaican was keeping his stash of uh, soy sauce. He's like, okay, I got the soy sauce. And he's like, okay, open it. He opens it, and there's like two little pills, of two little black pills. They both grow wings and start flying around. One of them, like, flies right down Dave's throat. The other one, like, burrows into his face, yeah. giving him this disgusting blackhead for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but now Dave is full-on soy sauced up, and uh, there's no getting around that. So he gets out of the trailer. Very cool. Uh, takes Bar- off. Barkley saved him. Bo, that's right. Barkley. Uh, what did he do? He just jumped in there? Barkley. 
ran the truck through That's the right. side of the trailer. Barkley is now driving the <laughs> yes, car. He's driving the car. <laughs> and uh, Dave was able to uh, come out of a hole in the side of the trailer. That's that, what it that was. Barkley and the truck had uh, made. Yes, very. And then he can talk to Barkley now because he's all sauced up. And Barkley is basically John, like communicating through Barkley or something like that. So he's like, okay, let's uh, let's go back to your place and we'll figure this whole thing out. Go back to his place. Uh, he gets abducted from there by Justin, the white guy. White Justin. They, Justin White, was, I think, was his last name. And he's basically one of the turds from the party that was taking Amy's uh, – prosthetic hand and throwing it around Mm. he's also the biggest douche nozzle in the whole movie (laughs) and he is full-on infected with soy sauce and what we're going to find out via this quick little flashback is that soy sauce is basically an alien entity and uh when it hits a certain level it becomes like a swarm of white dust and that will get into you and when it does you're dead but it can still use your body to do a bunch of dumb shit so he gets back to his place. Justin is waiting there for him. And he's like, just call me shitload, dog, because I got a shitload of people up in here. And uh, Dave, who has somehow managed to hold on to the gun this entire time, despite the fact that he was questioned by the police in an interrogation room, now pulls the gun and shoots shitload in the head and basically empties the magazine into his chest. But because Shitload is already dead, or Justin, I should say, is already dead and is now Shitload, uh, he just pops back up and he's like, ain't scared of no bitch-ass gun, fool? And he's like, oh, okay. Now you come up with me, dog. So he throws him in the back of a moving truck where we find out uh, one of his friends, Fred, is back there along with amputee Amy and uh, John, who is in a hospital gown and I guess comatose at this point, right? Mm, yep. Uh, and Barkley gets put in the back back there too. So that's cool. Uh, at least they're all together. And uh, Shitload is driving them somewhere. From there, uh, John kind of snaps out of it for a few minutes. He's like, oh, what timeline am I in now? And he's like, well, I don't know. We're in the back of a truck and Justin is driving us somewhere. And he's like, oh, you mean Shitload? Like, yeah, whatever. Oh, he's going to take us to the Mall of the Dead, Jason. Which sounds like a pretty kick-ass place. It does. And uh, it's an abandoned mall somewhere on the outskirts of town. I would love to go to the Mall of the Dead if such a place existed. Um, He's taking him to the Mall of the Dead. And he's like, well, uh, I see Fred here is still alive, so I must. Uh, we must not have gone to the Mall of the Dead yet. So he's like, oh, what the fuck does that mean? Just chill out, Fred. We'll figure it out when we get there. So they get to the Mall of the Dead. Uh, shitload unloads everybody. As they're walking to the entrance of the mall, there's a package waiting there by the front entrance of the the mall. And it says, to John, from John, there's your package. So Shitload doesn't really pay much attention to it. He just kind of kicks it inside. And then he they all go inside. Shitload is holding them at gunpoint. And they find a magical door kind of a situation. It was like a chalk, it was like a Beetlejuice-esque chalk drawn door but when they got close it like started glowing and stuff and uh this is when we we make the big move to try to overpower shitload but he kicks the shit out of everybody and then john makes it back to the package where he opens it that he apparently sent himself from another point in time and it says 
go back to the uh, there's a just a letter in there and it says go back to the garbage by the entrance. There's something in there for you. But shitload sees it first and he goes back there and then uh, basically that's where the cop I, the cop shows up again. This time he's got a shotgun. Shitload goes out to look in the garbage. The cop shoots shitload with a shotgun and then immediately lights his body on fire while he's there uh, unconscious. So shitload is now out of the equation. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) What are you laughing at, man? I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm working hard over here. Uh, From there, the cop is like, okay, uh, I don't know how you survived the trailer, you fucker, but we got to get to the bottom of this and we can't let this shit spread. So everything's kind of cool, except for shitloads burning corpses, releasing all the white stuff up and it's kind of swirling around. Uh, eventually it kind of settles on Fred. It all goes into Fred, but Fred's like, Oh, uh, no, it's still me. I think I'm okay. I must be immune or something. And they're like, yeah. So the cop just blows, uh, Fred's head off and then they prop him up next to a car and blow up the car. So there's that. That just leaves one of the funny lines Hmm. much earlier. I think when they first got into the cargo van, you're like, Fred's not dead yet. Fred's all what? So never mind. <laughs> Whoop. We haven't we're not to that part yet, I guess. But they blow Fred's head off, uh blow up the car that he's next to, which releases all the white stuff back into the air. Uh from there the cop is like, Okay, let's let's go back inside where Amy's we had a whole conversation earlier in the movie about phantom limb syndrome, and apparently when Amy puts her amputated stump into the close to the the mystical door her phantom hand kicks in and she can do stuff with it so she uses that to open the door okay uh reminded me of that long long jean silver porno i was telling you about (laughs) (laughs) that's gross (laughs) oh you're nasty uh anyway she gets the door open the cop is like well we should definitely not go in there so amy and uh Dave get in the cop car and the cops drive. He's like, I'm going to get us out of here. The cop gets about almost out of the parking lot and then his eyes explode and all the white stuff goes flying out of him. So they're like, well, fuck this. They go running back into the mall. The white stuff is chasing them. So they have nowhere else to go. So they jump through the mystic door where John is waiting on the other side. And basically what we learn here. Oh, fuck. You're going to have to hang out with me on this inmates because it gets pretty, pretty tricky. So <coughs> they get there and it's like a nether realm type of a situation and Marconi pops up and he's like, hey boys, uh, guess what? There's an evil alien conqueror here. His name is Korak and uh, he's kind of a jackass, but he can, he's, you know, He's got a big head. He's full of himself, so he doesn't think he can be uh, beaten. That's why you guys got to go in there. And he hands him like a silver football apparatus. It's some kind of a bomb with a timer on it. Uh, they go into Nether Realm over the pit where Kor- Korak is basically just a giant eyeball with uh, some tentacles. He, but- he reminded me like a large pool version of the terror vision monster sure that's it that's like, a good one with like the little pinchers and everything yeah yeah that's a good uh, assessment uh they get in there's like a scaffolding going over korak and korak's got like a posse of like evil henchmen that look like uh agents from the matrix 
And uh, they're like, well, guess what? Korak desires your knowledge. So he's going to ingest you and then everything you know, he'll know and he'll be the supreme being. We've already fed him a bunch of geniuses. So don't try anything smart there, fuckers. So uh, big fight there on the scaffolding. Uh, they start the timer on the bomb, which is pretty cool. But uh, as they're fighting off the henchmen and trying to get knocked over and help each other back up and stuff, the timer magically stops with like seven seconds. But then here comes Barkley again with the save. He paws it and then picks it up in his mouth and jumps over the scaffolding and blows up Korak. And then uh, now we're going to cut back to our Chinese restaurant with Paul Giamatti. And we find out Paul Giamatti is not in the correct body. Um, apparently, oh God. Okay. He had been taken over. So he had been killed and, okay, so the, the fucking, the uh, reporter, Arnie, is actually a black man and he was killed and now Paul Giamatti is a thought projection of uh, Dave, who just assumed when he talked to Arnie on the phone that he would look like Paul Giamatti instead of being a black guy. Yeah, they take on the form of the, their first perception of them. Yes. So that's great, but he's still dead. So he's like, oh, God, come on. Let's let's go see what's in the car. He pops a trunk, and there's a dead black man with his head cut off in the trunk. So he's like, oh, my God, that's me. And he's like, yeah, buddy, you're dead. And this is all just happening in my head, I think. Right? Does that sound right? No, I think I think he was actually manifested. Okay. Um, so he's a ghost? Well, I think he was kind of like any of those other, you know, um, like the other cop that was there but not there. Okay. You know, he, oh, was, yeah. he, he was manifested, but at the same time, he didn't really exist. Okay. So basically, there's that, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, there's I don't that. I don't I don't know what else to tell you about that. Uh, he's like, "What the fuck? Oh shit!" And then uh, from there, we just kind of cut to uh, Dave and John playing basketball, and then a weird dimensional gate opens up on the basketball court, and their ball accidentally slips through it. So John's like, "I'll go get it. I'll be right back." He goes through the dimensional gate, and Dave's like, oh, here we go again." So he walks through the gate, and they end up in, like, the far future where the basketball court is all overgrown with weeds. And two dudes in space costumes come zipping out of the sky, and they're like, Oh, John and Dave, you're here to save us. Thank you. Uh, you with your help, we can defeat the whatever. And they're like, Okay, sure. But we left our tools back in our dimension, so we're going to go get them. We'll be right back. And come back. And then they just jump out of there back to the basketball court, and then... That's pretty much the end of your movie, right? Did I forget anything, Jason? Nope. That's it. Oh, okay. Good job. Ay, ay, ay. What I didn't understand was that <laughs> the, well, the, the black, uh, the Jamaican? The soy sauce. No, sure. not the black. Okay. Jeez, racist. <laughs> no, the uh, soy sauce um, lets you kind of bridge the gap between the perception of time. Right. That's why, you know, you're able to perceive things on these different time planes. So if the soy sauce originated in Korak's world, which is what I gathered, why didn't Korak just see that they were about to blow him up? Fair fair question. Fair I, question. I can't believe I had 
well, any level of questions when I was done. So the I should have just tapped out and been like, okay, that was okay. That'll do. The, the half-ass explanation we got is that, because uh, remember, they asked Marconi when they went first to Korak, why don't you just go kill him? You're pretty good at killing these things. And he says, well, Korak will see me coming. If right. I send you two knuckleheads, he won't. He won't spot you guys. Well, and then, but then they said we needed something that didn't, that wasn't perceived as a threat, which I don't think was Dave and John. I think it was Barkley. It could be. Yeah. If you want to get that deep into it, sure. Sure, I do. So you think Dave and John were just a delivery method for Barkley? For Barkley. Okay. Yep. I'm into that. Aye, 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 man. Uh, it is a. There's some fun. I got some chuckles out of it. Yeah, it's a decent show. Yeah, it's um, I, I think I started to watch this multiple times over the years and have never watched it. So this was the first time I've ever actually watched it. It's a rodeo, man. You got to hold on tight. It's a decent flick. And you got to you got to definitely pay attention cuz if you, you know, check your phone and then you come back and you're in a totally different part of the movie, you're not going to understand what the fuck. I watched the whole thing. I still don't think I understand what the fuck. That dimensional, the effects for the dimensional portal looks like a large shitty CGI black orb. Yeah. Boy, if that wasn't some Coscarelli Phantasm (laughs) five CGI magic right there. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was right out of Event Horizon when the gravity rift opens. But I will say that Angus Scrim had one of the coolest analogies ever. Okay. This this was poetic. Uh, he was basically talking about the state of things, uh, the state of the world or the state of events. Okay. And he said he likened it to waves of maggots over oceans of rot. Wow. Dude, that's wow. beautiful. Okay. I, I don't know if it's beautiful. It's well, kind of stomach ro- Rolling off of Angus Scrim's tongue, it was beautiful. I man. get that. I wish he would have said that as the tall man because that would have made more sense. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a decent show inmates. It's not a passive watch. You got to buckle down and, uh, do your due diligence with this one. If somebody can explain it to me or make it make sense in, what do I got? Do I got to read the book? I'm not gonna, but if, if the book would make it make more sense, I would love to hear somebody else's explanation of the book. Maybe there's an audio book and it would sound just like what you've just narrated. I'm sure. But over the course of about 16 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. Check it out, inmates. Uh, I think I caught this one on Hulu. Uh, where'd you find it, Jay? Hulu. Hulu it is. Streaming presently as we speak. Uh, it's time to take us a little break, sir. Well.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back, Jason. Yeah, boy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, what else we got going on, man? Still exhausted from uh, giving the breakdown of I towed off. At the end? I towed off. Did you? Yeah. I would still love like a some kind of a map drawn for me yeah. as to what some the fuck. Cliff's notes. Something. Yeah. Uh, John dies at the end for dummies. <laughs> something <laughs> nice. like that. I don't know. Uh, I think it's time for a meat hook, amigo. Oh, we're at. Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook. Top three films that disturbed us as children. Jason, what's number three? My number three, and I honestly now can't really tell you why, but back then, the Amityville Horror was my number three. I get that. I get that. You know what I think it was? Honestly, that fucking house, I think, is what did it more than anything. The house was creepy as shit. That Like those two... Crazy windows yeah. that look like eyeballs. They creep me out. And that whole based on a true story thing. When you tell that to a five-year-old, they just assume that everything they're watching actually happened. Yeah. Freak them right the hell out. I get that, man. Uh, have you seen it recently? No. Now, I'm assuming you're talking about the original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. it's uh, uh, The last time I watched it was probably five, six years ago. Yeah. Definitely a lot weaker than, I, when, than I when I was a kid. I, I still think it's better than the remake. That's just my opinion. Two different movies. I Yeah, that too. Uh, my number three is going to be stupid. It's the children. Oh, yeah. Zombies with black fingernails yeah. that uh, evaporate uh, their parents into orange clouds of smoke. I enjoyed it, though. It's silly. And yeah. when you watch it when you're four years old, it'll freak you right out. Yeah. You know? Um, it's There's nothing really scary about it other than... Uh, the haircuts, I think, was the scariest part. <laughs> that frightening black <laughs> that, fingernail. That shroom cut that was huge in the early 80s. No good. <clears throat> the, most, the most surprising thing about that whole movie was uh, finding out it was a trauma film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where else would something like that come from? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could have swore it was a made-for-TV movie, but sure as shit, there's, there's a nice set of tits in there. And a weirdly out-of-place guy doing bicep curls in a thong. <laughs> so... I guess not. Right on, man. How about number two? Number two, without a doubt, The Exorcist. Yeah. That will probably show up on a lot of lists. Yeah. Uh, again, that based on a true story thing. And like the weird subliminal stuff with like uh, the demon flashing at you. And the uh, if you're watching the masturbation scene when you're a kid, that's not going away. Fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> Did you ever see Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. Lick me! Lick me! She's a giant ice cream cone. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. <laughs> My number two, uh, also ridiculous, and I cannot tell you what the hell about it scared the shit out of me, but it haunted me for like an entire summer, Jason Harrell. I had recurring nightmares about this. Creep show two. Ah. The thing in the lake, oh, the raft. The thing in the lake, of all I things. kept 
fucking waking up thinking that crud was going to be all over my bedroom floor. Yeah. And I had like an escape plan to where I was going to hop from my bed to the dresser. Were you having a lot of wet dreams? Uh, I was nine, so I don't think so. Oh, okay. But I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I had a lot of gooey dreams. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sticky dreams, I guess. Well, I had a whole escape plan. I was going to swing on the door out into the hallway and land on the banister and then uh, try not to wake up my parents because I didn't want the thing to know that they were in there. No. Oh, okay. Very stupid. Very stupid. Well, at least you roadmapped the whole thing. <clears throat> oh, I had it down. And rapey, too. You seen that one recently? The, the creep that, show that too, the raft uh, yeah. segment. Yeah. Uh, no, it's been a while. He starts getting down with her while she's asleep. Hmm. If you remember, like the, we get down to two kids on the raft, yeah. uh, him and his buddy's girlfriend. And she, he's like, they're propping each other up like TP style. He just starts going up her shirt. She's sound asleep. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> acceptable back then. Yeah. You know, if she's asleep, that means she wants it. <laughs> In the realms of completely ridiculous, the movie It's Alive. Okay. This movie fucked me up. Really? Royally. Okay. And I watched it at my cousin's house, broad daylight. At the time, though, we lived in this tra- a very creaky trailer. Uh-huh. Nice trailer, but ventilation in a trailer makes a lot of fucking noise. Okay. I just knew that little clawed son of a bitch was crawling around up in there. And I I mean, for months and months and months, just trying to go to sleep, just cold sweats. Yeah. I mean, it fucking tore me up. That's how I was with Creepshow, too. I slept with a a children's Bible under my pillow, even. And those books will really fucking neck up. Oh, yeah. It's like three inches. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean, whatever I could do to try to make the terror go away, uh-huh. I just knew that little son of a bitch was going to get me. Uh, okay. Sure. I don't know what it was. I get it. It's a silly little guy. <laughs> it's pretty silly. <laughs> but hey, you know, so whatever hits at the right moment when you're a kid, yeah. it's like 90% accessibility, and then your mind, your little five or six-year-old mind will just take it, and put it in your closet, and it will be waiting for you there whenever the lights go out. In my case, it was the crud from Creepshow 2. Yeah. In your case, it was It's Alive. A clawed infant. A clawed <laughs> infant with a bulbous head. Very bulbous. <laughs> for some fucking reason. Uh, my number one is a movie that um, it scared me to the point of tears. And that was just the trailer. They ran a trailer for it. Uh, like right after, right in the middle of Cheers one night, and it scared the piss out of me. Um, I've seen it; it's fine. I recently picked it up on Blu-ray, but I haven't got a chance to rewatch it yet. It's the Sentinel. You seen that one? No. Um, basically, you have a high-rise apartment building, and uh, there's like a blind lady that lives on the top floor. And she's creeping everybody out because she just stares out her window all day. And you find out that there's something trapped on the top floor. Mm-hmm. And she's basically making sure it doesn't get out. And then a model moves in. And Beverly Giangelo, uh snaps one out in front of her. Okay. So that has nothing to do with what scared me. But that's definitely the best part. I mean, that's that's something. And this is like 1981, Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. too. So uh, there's one scene in there in particular that really scared the piss out of me. And it's just like uh, a dead guy that like walks across the apartment real quick, and he's wearing a diaper, and he's got his nose off. 
scared the fucking shit out of me. It scares me now. And every time, yeah, dead, dead naked guy, uh, not not attacking you, just walking across real fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, scared the living crap out of me. And uh, <laughs> I jumped up and ran out of the room. My mom had to chase me down. What's wrong? Old diaper man, old diaper man. And to think. But of not course. too many years, we'll be that man. Exactly. <laughs> I was just looking for the remote. I can't find it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it was, but I've seen it. It's fine. It's it, watching it now. It's like early. It's dated, and uh, it's all right, I guess. Uh, but that scene in particular, which they showcased in that trailer, really scared the fucking crap out of yeah. me. Yeah, something. That is your meat hook for the week, inmates. It is top three childhood traumatizing horror films. We would love to know what they are. Uh, get a hold of us at paddedroompodcast.com. Click the mail link. Uh, click the meat hook link. Whatever you need to do, you can find it there. And uh, I think it's time for the Terra Dome, Jason. All right. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. Let's dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. the Terradome. First, last week's winners. Singles competition. We had A. Valak versus <laughs> The Collector from uh, uh, Demon Knight. While the breach of the relic was harmful to both Valak and The Collector, The Collector seemed to get the worst of the key's contents. The blood of Christ caused only minor but very painful burns to Valak, but caused the internal implosion of the collector leaving nothing but dust and a burnt cowboy hat with a vote of five to four the valak advances over the collector god damn it which valak would might that be for next week (laughs) that's a good question i think we're going to call that the vampire valak okay because the nun was called valak too but technically she was in more than one yeah there's a there's a lot of holes in keeping that one, especially if we're going with a single movie. Entity. We're going with uh, Michael Ian Griffith. Was that his name? I didn't. The read kickboxer that guy. He he was the vampire in Vampires. That's the Valak we're going with. You fuckers, don't confuse me. Let's get to this week's matchup, shall we? As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer, and I really had to reach for this one. <coughs> the book was lost. Had been for decades, but what the book left behind was parasitic, and it wasn't going anywhere. It appeared on Frank's doorstep shortly after the death of his abusive mother. 
a small pop-up book entitled The Babadook. Frank kept it and found comfort in its pages. Then it began manifesting. Starting at the foot of his bed late at night and depriving him of sleep and sanity. Frank and the Babadook would spend countless nights together until Frank's psyche finally snaps under the strain of loss and sleep deprivation. That was about the time that Frank made his first kill. Since then, several more would follow. Sex workers and drug addicts, mostly, Frank relieving them of their scalps after each kill. He couldn't tell any longer if it was his mother or the Babadook that drove him to do it. In singles competition, we have Frank Zito versus the Babadook. Jason, Frank Zito, of course, from Maniac, and the Babadook. Whoa. I don't think the Babadook is a thing, to be honest with you. Almost like a figment of their... I mean, I'm led to believe it's a figment of their imagination. Yeah. I mean, I... But so is Frank's I'm going Frank. Okay. Um, Frank being the delicate... uh, already broken person that he is, I think could be manipulated into either killing himself, killing himself. or doing some other stupid thing. I got to go with the Baba Duke on that one. Um, just because I think Frank is already fucked up. Yeah. So I'll take that. It could go either way. Yeah. Really. Let me switch up. I'm going to go Baba Duke. Okay. That's because, two for the Baba. Yeah. Cause even though the, I don't think the Baba Duke, could hurt him directly. I think he could easily coax him into hurting himself. Wrecking himself. Yeah. Or turning himself in or something. I don't know. Uh, that's your Terradome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's Frank Zito versus the Babadook. Get us your votes by next week, of course, if you can. The mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or just go to Padded Room Podcast. Click the Terradome link. You can make all your votes there, too, if that's easier for you. In the meantime, we must now tell you what movies we got to watch this week in a segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? How about Monument from 2018, Jason? It's Polish. It's a Polish film. Just hit shutter. Uh, you got a group of hotel interns that show up, and uh, they've got an internship, and they're basically being worked to death or to the point of insanity because they're just on this de- sleep-deprived cycle, and they're not being fed enough, and they're being made to clean rooms and make food and do a bunch of other hotel type of stuff. And uh, some weird shit happens, and then some weirder shit happens, and then you get a really dumb ending. I don't want to spoil it for you if I've captured your attention, but the little en- bit. ending pissed me off pretty good. Oh, well, jeez. I won't spoil it for you. It may not piss you off, but now that you know there's a dumb ending, you'll probably see it coming. Okay. So there's that. That's all I got to watch this week, buddy. How about you? All right. Watched Cobweb. What do you think of got that? Got that on a pay-per-view. Yeah? Uh, it was good until it wasn't. Oh, no. It just kind of falls off the rails a little bit. Okay. Closing in on the end, probably about two-thirds of the way in. Is there a giant spider involved? I ain't going to tell you. Ah, oh, damn, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just... And then it's kind of that whole thing of uh, there's magic in not seeing what's 
what may be there. Okay. And then when you kind of reveal what's there. Yeah. And it ain't good. Oh. Um, it really wrecks the whole fucking uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, we watched Lady in White from 1988. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, it's more of a murder mystery yeah. kind of a ghost thing. Um, it starts off very, you know, kid, whimsy, yeah. you know, playful movie. Yeah. Goes into some dark ass oh, yeah. areas. Oh, yeah. Um, and some really horrific green screen effects. And unlocked a new fear for me as a kid. Being left in a closet for a, a weekend. Yeah. That will, that freaked me right out. Hmm. I mean, I don't think it ever happened in real life. Well, it might have. I don't know. But still. Sexuality's been there your whole life. That's true. And it ain't coming out either. (laughs) Uh, And we watched I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. Uh, That is not as good as the first one. Jack Black in that one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then it ends horribly. It Uh, really ends bad. Especially knowing that... uh, it was kind of a cliffhanger moment uh-huh. that made no sense, really. And then the third one doesn't even have Jennifer Love Hewitt in it. So it wasn't really a cliffhanger anyway. Okay. Like it just kind of pulls her underneath the bed or whatever the fuck happened. I can't even remember. Uh, so it kind of leaves you with that. Just like with the ending of part one, it leaves you with this kind of cliffhanger moment. Okay. But that led into part two. Right. Which played out at least a okay. little bit. And then this one just... Like, it just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Oh. And Jack Black is very annoying. You know? <laughs> uh, really, the only thing I remember about it is they went to, didn't they go to the Caribbean yeah. or something like that? And Jack Black was like a stoned pool boy. Yes. And uh, wasn't Brandy in it? Yes. And that's that's all I got for you. Well, that's pretty much your movie. That's the whole thing right yeah. there? All right. That's all we needed <laughs> to know. There's a hook involved? There, well, of course, the uh, guy with the go. hook. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember not liking it that much. Yeah, it's not very good. All right. That's all you got? That's it. Well, shit, man. How about a little uh, immersion therapy then, shall we? Immersion therapy. What did you think of Terror Train, Jason? Had its moments, but overall, it it was kind of just a little too drawn out and uh, just too much of a disco flick. I'm not mad at disco flicks. I I am with the pacing's a little off. Sure. Um, it, It seemed like a promo ad for David Copperfield. Yeah, a lot of uh, Copperfield in there. Yeah. A lot of uh, and the fun, whippy magic stuff. My street name is David Copperfield. Hey, now. <laughs> um, I'm not mad at it. It just falls into that, that um, there was like a four-year frame uh, following Halloween where they just started cranking out slashers left and right. Yeah. Always involved high school kids. Somehow, Jamie Lee Curtis got shoehorned into every third or fourth one. Uh, usually involves some past trauma coming back to to haunt you. Uh, what do you got? You got uh, Terror Train, obviously, Prom Night, mm-hmm. um, Black Christmas, although I think that came before Halloween. They're, it, they're all the same fucking movie, pretty much. This one's no different other than it takes place on a train. 
Yeah, and I mean, good. I wasn't mad at it or anything. It just, yeah, the pacing, like I said, the pacing was a little off for me. Sure. Um, it is what it is. You've probably already seen it, Inmates. There is a pseudo-remake out there called Train, starring Thora Birch. It's more of a... It, I don't know who the hell called it a remake, because it really has nothing to do with it. Uh, it has, gets into human trafficking in Eastern Europe. <laughs> And a, a college. Yeah, that's running team. a train. That, yeah, it's a whole other thing there. <laughs> <laughs> Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be yummy from 2019. Uh, you got zombies in a plastic uh, surgery compound kind of a situation. Check that shit out, inmates. It's on Shutter. We will do the same and compare notes next week. But now it's time to educate Darian. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Well, a anthropologist colleague of mine discovered a rare fossil down on a uh, a shady lagoon off the Amazon River in South America. We're going down there to see if we can excavate the rest of the skeleton. And uh, I took my hot girlfriend, uh, fuck me if she didn't get abducted by this goddamn ancestor of whatever that thing was, and now I gotta get the scuba gear on and go into the underwater caves to fish her fucking ass out. Creature from the Black Lagoon, Jason. Have you ever seen it? Yep. Uh, what'd you think? We like it. We, re- we really like the creature. I do not. I. If he would just not be such a lumbering schlub, yeah. that would have been a lot better. Uh, you know, I mean, it's pure nostalgia. Sure. Um, he, he's got a great visual aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a water ballet guy in a rubber suit. Pretty much. Uh, and if he would have just like ran once or like showed some like some agility. And I get it. The guy probably can't see anything in the suit. That's right. why he's just got to kind of. <laughs> he's down there probably drowning. <laughs> probably. <laughs> What's the safe word? How? <laughs> uh there were there were a lot more uh creature movies than than i knew that there were oh there's thousands there's a lot of those fucking things most of them are dumb as shit uh (laughs) like when you get into the atom age stuff and all the giant fucking rats and spiders and grasshoppers and well i mean creature from the black lagoon movies oh i think there's three of them in there Uh, it's a lot more than i thought there was okay (laughs) even if it's just three uh i always just thought it was one I believe Clint Eastwood made his acting debut in the second one. Hmm, nice. Yeah, he plays like a lab assistant for four seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, of course, kicks somebody's ass while he's there. Of course. <laughs> Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am trying to make a quick few bucks on uh, a local legend and a movie that came out about it. I've got some uh, shit for sale on the internet. And uh, it's selling pretty good. But now it's time to step it up to the big time. I'm going to start offering tours of the filming locations and uh, taking people to some historical sites also. Uh, I probably shouldn't bring a bunch of booze and drugs on my tours, but I'm going to anyway. Chaos will undoubtedly ensue. I might end up having sex with somebody or I might end up killing a bunch of people. 
definitely one of those two things. There's not a lot you can of always middle do ground. Both. Yeah. Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week, and I'll drop some knowledge on you, inmates. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for us this week. Thank you very much for joining us, as usual. Tune in next week for Donnie Darko here in Buddy's Bizarro Time Loop month that he's apparently choosing not to show up for, the son of a bitch. Uh, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found this podcast. Helps our visibility quite a bit. Or you just take yourself over to paddedroompodcast.com. You'll find a Patreon link there. You can chip in if you like. We got prize tiers and all kinds of perks and swag and other shit we'll send you. Uh, I might have some porno left that I can kick down. I don't want to say yes or no for sure because I think my kids are around. And if I say yes, then they're going to start looking for it. And it's going to be a whole fucking thing with my (laughs) wife. But uh, I might be able to kick a little bonus uh, materials in there. In the meantime, inmates, I think that's about going to do it for us. Jay, you got anything else on the week? That's all I got. Very cool. For Buddy and Absentia, Creatures in Black Lagoons, uh, people trying to cash in on horror film filming locations and stupid uh, merchandising opportunities thereof, uh, maniacs, uh, vampires and nuns, and possibly vampire nuns, vampires or nuns, Really, we got to quit naming horror characters the same thing. Give them different names. You know, All you're doing is confusing people. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Bye, everybody. Put my hands in.